0: So the Father has put on my heart today to invite us again. He has given us another invitation. I say another invitation because He invites us every moment of every day to come and to be with Him, to come and to connect and to commune with Him. Today, he wants to extend yet another invitation to each and every one of us to come and to connect, to turn within, to be in him, to be with him. He kind of gave me this, this picture of him standing with his arms like this, holding a huge basket of gifts, a gift of love that he'd like to give you gift of peace that he'd love to lavish on you. The gift of joy, inspiration, new direction, healing. So many gifts. And particularly the gift that is himself. That he is just inviting us into. To come and to receive. Jesus our King, our Lord, the maker of heaven and earth, the reason that we are here together. Our example, the one we look to, to see what this is all about and how this goes. Jesus himself, as it says in Luke five sixteen, would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. Jesus himself, the one, in whom we live, move, and have our being, the one whom this is all about, our example. And he himself, the King of kings, the Lord of lords, the maker of all, would often slip away to be with the Father. Jesus in John 5:19 says, Most assuredly, most assuredly I say to you, the Son could do nothing of himself, but what he sees the Father do. For whatever he does, the Son also does in like manner. Jesus himself, the King, the Lord, Jesus himself, did nothing of himself. And so, all the more, the Father invites us to do nothing of ourselves, but to be in him and to walk with Him, and to do with Him all things, every moment of every day. Jesus said, You, Father, are in Me, and I in You. You, Father, are in Me, and I in You. Such a oneness, an inseparable oneness. That's from John 17. Jesus." when he was speaking to his disciples, same thing, invited them into the exact same relationship. He said, abide in me and I in you. That exact same relationship, that same level of closeness and intimacy and inseparableness between Jesus and the Father, we are invited into that same relationship to abide in him and he in us and us in each other, as you could read in John 17, John 15, I encourage you to read those passages. I thought it might be just kind of fun to go through some events as recorded in the gospel, events that occurred uh, directly after Jesus was spending time with the Father, just as some inspiration of just some of the many, many things, some of the many results, the fruit that comes with time with the Father as we turn within to the Father, such as, Reminders of why we're here and new direction. Mark 1, 35-39 records how early in the morning, while it was still dark, Jesus got up, left the house, and went away to a secluded place and prayed there for a time. Simon and his companions eagerly searched for him, and they found him and said to him, Everyone is looking for you. He said to them, Let's go somewhere else to the towns nearby so that I may also preach there. For this is why I have come. And he went there and he went into their synagogues, preaching throughout Galilee and casting out the demons. A refreshed reminder of what your purpose is, why you're here and some new direction to that. Here's one example of what comes from spending time with the Father, How about new teaching, new revelation? Here we see in Luke 11, one to four, that it happened that while Jesus was praying in a certain place, when he had finished, one of the disciples said to him, Lord, teach us to pray, just as John also taught his disciples. And he said to them, when you pray, say, and this is the Lord's Prayer, it's more elaborate in Matthew, but in Luke it says, Father, hallowed be your name, your kingdom come, as we see in other gospels your will be done on earth as it is in heaven give us each day our daily bread and forgive us our sins for we ourselves also forgive everyone who has sinned against us and do not lead us into into temptation i mean how many times has the lord lord's prayer been said over the last 2000 years and this came as some fresh revelation from Jesus after spending some time with the Father. How about transfiguration? Transformation. Are you looking for some transformational change within within your life? Transfiguration means a complete change or form of appearance into a more beautiful or spiritual state. Now, I kid you not, 20 years ago, ooh, 22 years ago, when I started walking with the Father and, and spending just a ton of time with Him. Actually, I actually went to Bible college just six months after I answered the call Jesus had on, on my life and, um, and at Bible college they facilitate just exorbitant amounts of time with, in prayer and spending time with the Father and in the Word of God and I kid you not, I actually noticed a difference in my appearance. I actually noticed myself looking younger, and healthier, and fresher, and, um, and there's no mystery to that. Spending time with the Father in His presence, and the peace, and the love, and the assurance that comes from steadying yourself on Him, I mean, is the opposite of a toxic, stressful environment for your body. As we know that those emotional states have a huge impact on your physical well-being. And Now, of course, that example pales in comparison to what we see here happening to Jesus. Um, in Luke 9, 28 to 35, Jesus went up on the mountain to pray. And while he was praying, the appearance of his face became different, and his clothing became white and gleaming. And behold, two men were talking with him, and they were Moses and Elijah, who, appearing in glory, were speaking of his departure, which he was about to accomplish at Jerusalem. Now Peter and his companions had been overcome with sleep, but when they were fully awake, they saw his glory in the two men who were standing with him. And as these two men were leaving him, Peter said to Jesus, Master, it is good that we are here, and let's make three tabernacles, one for you, one for Moses, and one for Elijah. I love Peter. He's just <laughs> That's something I would say, <laughs> not realizing what he was saying. But while he was saying this, a cloud formed and began to overshadow them. And they were afraid as they entered the cloud. And then a voice came from the cloud saying, This is my son, my chosen one. Listen to him. Wow. Transfiguration. Into a more beautiful spiritual state. How about a miracle? Do you need a miracle in your life? Go to the Father. Talk to him about it. Man, do we spend a lot of time with our problems? Do we spend a lot of time in the narrative of our worries? The Father's just saying, Come to me. Come to me. Immediately after I'm just in Matthew fourteen, twenty two to twenty five, it says, This was right after Jesus had just spent a whole bunch of time um, ministering to large crowds. Um, immediately afterwards he compelled the disciples to get into the boat and to go ahead of him to the other side while he sent the crowds away after he had sent the crowds away he went up on the mountain by himself to pray and when it was evening he was there alone on the mountain by himself with the father praying the the boat was already a long distance from land battered by the waves for the wind was contrary they were in a big storm and in the fourth watch of the night, Jesus came to them, walking on the water. So this next, um, this next event, as we see recorded in, uh, in Matthew 26 here, this is actually the story that caught my attention inspired this, this little message today. This is when Jesus is one of the, in one of the last scenes we see him in, in the Garden of Gethsemane, before he is arrested and um, tried and taken to his crucifixion. It says, then Jesus came with him to the, with the disciples to a place called Gethsemane and told his disciples, sit here while I go over there and pray. And he took Peter and the two sons of Zebedee with him and began to be grieved and distressed. Then he said to them, My soul is deeply grieved to the point of death. Remain here and keep watch with me. And he went a little beyond them and fell on his face and prayed, saying, My father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me, yet not as I will, but as you will. And he came to the disciples and found them sleeping, and he said to Peter, So, you men cannot keep watch for me with me for one hour. Keep watching and praying so that you do not come into temptation. The spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. He went away again a second time and prayed, saying, My father, if this cup cannot pass away unless I drink from it, your will be done. Again he came and found them sleeping, for their eyes were heavy. And he left them again and went away and prayed a third time, saying the same thing once more. Then he came to the disciples and said to them, Are you still sleeping and resting? Behold, the hour is at hand, and the Son of Man is being betrayed into the hands of sinners. Get up, let's go. Beyond, the one who is betraying me is near. Jesus. Jesus, again, fully God, Lord of Lords, the maker of time, the beginning and the end. He came here and he knew exactly what the plan was. He was already preparing. He prepared the disciples in advance that that this was going to happen to him, that he was going to be arrested, he was going to be betrayed, arrested, and he would die for the people that he was, the lamb that took away the sins of the world. But here he is in the moment, in the garden, on the cusp of of the final leg of his journey about to unfold, and he is grieved, and he is distressed. He was fully man, too. And he didn't just try to be brave on his own. He certainly didn't put all of his attention and his focus on his problems or what was ahead. What did he do? But he went to the Father. He went to the Father. He came and he fell on his face, He came and he fell into grace over and over and over again. As I read this passage, it it just reminded me of that same thing that we see in young children when they start to become mobile. Babies who, when they start to, um, when they finally start to develop the ability to to crawl or to scoot, um, when they start to develop the ability to walk, we see this continual um, connection and making contact with their caregiver wherever they go, particularly whenever they're in unfamiliar spaces or places or with a bunch of strangers. And it's so fun. You could see it at church here, too, right? All the families come and, and you see uh, the little ones who are clearly just, you know, getting their steps, getting their feet up from under them, and, and uh, the ones who are starting to feel a little brave and curious. And they start there they're with their caregiver, let's just say it's mom they're there with mom and then and they're a little curious so that so they kind of take a, a few steps or crawl away a little bit and they're keeping an eye on mom they know where mom is They're probably touching mom they're gonna take a little step away and then they come back to mom and they're like hmm I'm gonna go explore a little bit more so then they they take a few more steps maybe they they go down a you know a few meters or maybe to the next aisle all the while keep an eye on mom making sure mom sees them and they see mom and maybe they come back and they touch mom and so on and so forth, and they get a little braver, and then they come back, and then they get a little braver still, and, and they come back. And you know, that same kind of connection, that continual, ongoing connection to establish that secure attachment, to maintain and establish that secure attachment for our comfort and for our courage, is what the Father is, is inviting us into you know, a secure attachment has a few, a few characteristics. We see that, that children who have secure attachments with their, their caregivers are confident in their caregiver's support. They see their, their caregiver as someone who is a secure base from which they can confidently explore the world. They're keeping track of the caregiver during exploration. And um, And they're continually approaching or touching the caregiver whenever there's an anxious or a distressed moment or situation. And they find comfort in proximity and the contact. So establishing a secure attachment is all about quality and quantity. The father brings the quality. The father brings the quality. And he's inviting us into quantity today. Um author um, the developer of something called the polyvagal theory which is just um, the science that looks at the interaction between the nervous system and our cognitive um, expressions our cognitive lives and the power and the necessity to to calm the nervous system to help the nervous system to feel safe in order for us to have higher level cognitive functioning and um, And he makes this really interesting observation, as he says in his book. He says, mammalian organisms, sorry, this is Steve Porges. Mammalian organisms love novelty, but novelty within a safe environment. Just think of puppies or kittens or even rat pups. You'll watch them and they'll play. There's a novelty and there's a movement that is away from the mother. But also, if there's something dangerous or fearful, they come back to the mother. It may appear paradoxical because those who are bold and seek novelty may also be those who have or have had the most efficient pathways back to safety. The Father is inviting us. He is a safe place. He's inviting us into that quantity to establish those pathways. Well-worn paths back to him. Well-worn paths back to him. A quick path we know we can always run to, every moment of every day, right in here, establishing that sense of safety and comfort and courage. And it is from that place that we are then bold, that we can then go seek novelty, that he takes us by the hand into new direction and new paths. First Peter 5 7 says, Pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there, for he always tenderly cares for you the father is safe and there is never ever i don't like to speak in absolutes too often usually when we use words like never or always or everything and nothing you know that kind of binary thinking usually runs us into trouble but there are some absolutes in this world when it comes to the father when it comes to his invitation for us to come near Jesus' blood gives us that absolute that no matter what, there's never ever ever any shame in be able to come to Him. I don't, does not matter who you are, what you've done, what you haven't done, where any of that stuff, Jesus, the Lamb of God, who takes away the sin of the world. So if you have an accuser in your life, maybe that's shame or guilt, or a voice from the past, or your own criticisms, or whatever it might be that tries to serve as a barrier between you and and just running to the Father and turning to the Father continually, just know that the salvation and the power and the kingdom of our God and the authority of his Christ has come, and the accuser of our brothers and sisters has been thrown down, the one who accuses us before our God day and night. Revelations 12.10. The Father is safe. So I am continually looking for um, people's stories, inspirations, examples of those who have truly gone before me in learning what it means to walk with the Father in all circumstances. And... Um, I'm always looking for, I guess, wisdom to help me reconcile. You know that verse, Romans 8:28 that says, all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to His purpose. Oh dear, sometimes that's a hard one to understand. But I look to people like Diane. Diane Knight, she is a member of our sister church out in Balfour and has walked a very unique and challenging journey. Well, unique but not not totally unique to to many people, Um, she's written a story called Alive and Well. It is a story about uh, her experience with her um, beautiful gift of a son, Justin, who was born with many special needs and and her very challenging path and journey with him, Um, a journey that culminated in his death when he was only 17 years old. Is also very much a story about her journey with the Father throughout that time. And she provides just so many nuggets of wisdom. And as I was reading through her book, I thought, wow. She just shares some things here that I think are just so fitting for the Lord's message for us today. And I'm just reading from uh, one, page 172. She titles this passage, God's Comfort. About four... Oh, I do have her permission to read this, by the way. (laughs) About four months after Justin's passing, when his 18th birthday was about three weeks away, sadness and anger began to grip my heart. I felt angry with God and even took it out on our dog one day. How foolish of me. Deep down, I wanted some sense of control in a situation where I had none. Finally, I stopped fighting and went to sleep. In the morning, God's mercy was there for me. I had peace to start off my day. As it says in Lamentations 3.23, his mercies are new every morning. When I went for a walk with my dog that morning through the woods near our home, I listened to God and he directed me to take the path on the right. This was not my usual route, but thankfully I obeyed his promptings. I began to feel another wave of sadness and grief. Rather than reacting with my gut response of, oh no, here comes the grief, brace yourself, I tried to be more sensitive to God and to what he was doing in that moment. My eyes fell to the ground and there was a single green leaf in the middle of the path. It was heart-shaped. God's love came to my mind at that moment. I listened to him further. God told me that he understood and that he loves me and knew I love him. I felt his peace return. He had taken me from intense sorrow back into his presence. God's comfort is always sufficient. He's taking me from intense sorrow back into his peace. And that's what the Father is there, available for and inviting you into months, whatever it is that you may need, continually, moment by moment, day by day. Diane, she summarizes her, about nine of her top lessons that she learned on her journey with the Lord and Justin. And number eight, she titles, stay close to him. And those words are very, very meaningful to me. They were some of the final words that my husband's grandfather uh, spoke to us while he was still healthy and well and there to provide us with uh, wisdom and guidance before he lost his health to Alzheimer's and died. And of all the words that this very experienced man could speak to us, You know, when he had our attention, when he knew that this may be some of the final moments he'd ever be seeing us, of all the words he could speak to us, all the words of advice and wisdom, he just simply said, stay close to him. And Diane elaborates on that. She says, be careful that you don't leave God behind in your grief. You fill in the blank there, though. Be careful that you don't leave God behind in your joy anger worry adventure whatever it may be let jesus be your guiding light let the holy spirit speak to you throughout the process and you won't get lost it's not what you know it's who you know that makes the difference it is god who arms me with strength and makes my way perfect second samuel twenty-two thirty-three. thank you diane we have so much talent in our churches. It's here, it's incredible. Kara, who's written Love. We have Anastasia, who's written Servant Sons and Daughters. We have Diane, who's written Live and Well. All on Amazon, it's amazing. And probably so much more. I mean, and should we be surprised? I mean, we are his children. He is creator. He has made us in his image. Okay, so I know that a lot of these examples that I gave about Jesus involved him slipping away into the wilderness for a time, maybe taking out an evening or all night to pray, but I realized that that may not be possible or, yeah, just the stage of life you're in. And that's not necessarily exactly what it has to mean for you. I mean, God is not in a box and he doesn't put us in a box either. It's a continual turning within, moment by moment. My younger sister had a baby two months ago. The last thing that is possible for her to do is to go slip away into the wilderness for an evening to pray. <laughs> Am I right, Danielle? <laughs> right? But in those moments, I think the Lord has just wanted to invite us to establish a we. Just establish a we in every moment of every day and everything that we're doing, wherever we are. For you, it may mean, though, you may be in a season where an offering of time is possible. And I want to so encourage you to take a step of faith and do that, too. If you're in that kind of a season that could allow that. An offering of time, of unhindered, unapologetic, just unhurried time of surrender to see what the Father might do. If you are unsure where to start, start with hi. Just start with hi. I know how often sometimes I'm just in a, you know, my heart is all frazzled, it's, I'm thinking about my worries, and then it's just like, okay, I, I just need to center myself on the Father. Just start with hi. And let him say hi back. Psalms and the Gospels are a wonderful scripture guide to entering into that space with the Father. Worship music, my goodness. Supportive resources. Jesus Calling is amazing. I highly recommend experiencing the depths of Jesus Christ. Amazing. I have written a devotional myself. The Father has put some incredible inspirations and words on my heart over the last several months since the fall that um, he asked me to write down and share with others. So I'm really excited that... I'm still playing around with the title uh, or the, um, the cover design. No idea what it's going to look like exactly yet, but that's coming out soon. And um, yeah, if you're interested in that, just email tamarachilds at shaw.ca and let me know, and I'll make sure I'll send you the link when it's ready. So I do this fun little exercise with my clients in session around uh, when, when they're wanting to make certain changes. They want to see change in a certain area of their lives. In a particular context, we just do this really fun little exercise that I'll run you through here right now. So in regards to your relationship with the Father, in regards to what your experience, what you want your experience um, as his child to be like in this life, what is it that you want? I mean, like, what is it that you really, really want? Have you ever thought about it before? What is your genuine heart's desire when it comes to your walk as a child of God and your relationship and experience of the Father? What do you want? What are you doing? Is what you're doing pointing you in the direction of what you want yeah fantastic no so what's the plan because the father is inviting us and is always inviting us to come and dwell to come and dwell moment by moment inviting us to come and dwell with him, to turn within, a continual turning within, to say hi, to connect, to commune, so he can show you things and whisper things to you, and bless you and and touch you and heal you, inspire you, and give you the greatest gift of all that is him. Father, thank you so much for the gift that we have in you. Thank you, Jesus, for what you have done to ensure an unhindered pathway that we can take moment by moment every single day to be one with you, just as you are with the Father. I just bless my family here, all those watching. Bless your children, Father. Show us the pathway of what that looks like for us. Help us to steady ourselves and be intentional about making you our very center of every moment of every day. May we just enjoy all the fruit and the gifts, the blessings that you have for us to receive through that. In Jesus' name, amen.